0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Good morning. My name is Nelson Smith, and I will be reading Acts seventeen twenty-two through 28. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples made with human hands. Nor is God served by human hands as though he needed something, since he is the one who gives life, breath, and everything else. From one person, God created every human nation to live on the whole earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God made the nations so that they would seek him, perhaps even reach out to him and find him. In fact, God isn't far away from any of us. In God we live, move, and exist. And some of your own poets said, we are his offspring. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Nelson thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate that very much. So today we start the message series difficult conversations. Why why do a series on difficult conversations? Well my guess is, my guess is most of us don't like to have difficult conversations, right? I mean I think there's always that one who loves to argue, you know, who wants to always push the point. And so there are some very very comfortable with difficult conversations and even confrontation. I think a lot of us don't really feel that comfortable with difficult conversations, or especially around some of these topics that uh, are floating around in our world today uh, that keep us very preoccupied with all kinds of things we see in front of us all the time, in the news, and social media, etc. These, these difficult conversations can take a lot of energy. Uh, they, uh, sometimes we're, we're, we're not sure how it's going to go. We're kind of insecure about what's going to happen, afraid to say the wrong thing. And all of that creates some sense of fear about this. You know, the fear that uh, it, it feels overwhelming. It may, the fear may get so such that we, we avoid conversations. Um, we just try to avoid anything that might be difficult about anything touchy, so we just don't talk about it. Uh, or it may come out as anger. Sometimes people get so afraid it comes out they come, become more aggressive. Well, what we want to learn in all of this is uh, is ways to have conversations about some of these really big things in a way where we can build bridges instead of burning them. How do we build bridges in these conversations instead of burning them? So we begin uh, the series today with uh, talking about religion. <clears throat> I think we're in fairly safe territory. I mean, we're sitting in a place of worship today, um, so probably... The vast majority of people in this room have already made a decision in faith to follow Jesus, uh, the teaching and example of Jesus, um, and uh, we're in the United States, where the the predominant religion is Christianity. We're in the southern part of the country, where uh, Protestantism is kind of the predominant type of Christianity. And that's so we're Protestants, so safe. We're 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 among friends. We're among friends. So, but because of all of that, I, my guess is that when you have a conversation with somebody about religion, I would think probably much of the time at least, if not most of the time, that other person is also a Christian. I know, now, man, the diversity, religious diversity in Collin County and beyond has really changed in in over the years. And so, we have a lot of different uh, uh, religions represented here in the population and in their houses of worship and everything else, and so... That's uh, not that unusual, of course, uh, but human nature being what it is, is that we tend to be around, socialize with those folks who uh, are like us, and so what often happens is Christians tend to be around other Christians. <laughs> that's, that's just kind of how it often goes. So, so given that, uh, my guess is that when we have conversations about religion specifically, often it, it's in one of a couple of ways. One, is in my experience, is a conversation with somebody that has been uh, harmed by the church. Harmed by the church. Uh, like uh, years ago, a woman who came to a church I was serving, and uh, just I met her and said, I'm glad you came to visit. And she said, this is my first Sunday back in five years. And I said, oh, back to this church? And she said, no, 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 it was, it was a different church. I just haven't been to church for five years. Well, she kind of opened the door, right? And so I said, well, so what happened? And she said, well, five years ago, I had gone through a divorce, and it was horrible. I didn't want it. it was ter- I was crushed, and I thought I need to go somewhere to get some hope, some compassion, and I went to a church. And they encouraged me to go to this group, and I did. And the first thing the leader of that group said was, if you're divorced, you need to repent of your sin, and you need to get your life straightened out, And and she said, and I was sitting there going, are you kidding me? So she said, I walked out, and that was it. A lot of folks have been harmed by the church. It could be that some of us in this room have at some time in our life experienced pain and difficulty because of people of Christian faith. So sometimes you have those conversations. Sometimes the conversation is with a person who, who is, you, you know, to be a Christian, and, uh, you know, they have a Jesus sticker on the back of their car. And, uh, and, and, you, and, and you would assume that they probably would say, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for all humans in the world. But man, when the topic turns to a somebody of another religion, it is clear that they have nothing but contempt For them and and sometimes there are certain particular religions world religions that may i mean they're like it is you're like that's like hatred wait jesus loves all the children of the world died on the cross rose from the grave for all of us and yet when we're talking about somebody who just is doesn't share our belief we hate them and you're thinking wow what a disconnect i don't know maybe i'm the only one that's ever had those kinds of conversations But My guess is you'll have one if you haven't already. So we got we got to figure out what how to how to have these conversations in a way that builds bridges not uh, does not burn them. And so uh, as we go through the, through this message, it might be helpful for you to have a situation in mind. Maybe uh, maybe somebody you in the past you had a conversation with somebody. And to have that in mind, kind of what happened at that and, and, and kind of hold that in contrast with what we're going to talk about today. Or, or maybe you anticipate something. There's someone that you just know, one of these days, that's going to be the topic. It, it might be a neighbor, a coworker, someone you see at the gym regularly, a family member. And you just know, one of these days, it's going to happen. Have that in mind as, as we go through here. And, and so, at the, the very first thing to do, the first thing to consider in having a conversation is... Check yourself. What's going on inside? What's happening? Are you angry? Are you anxious? Um, what, I mean, what's happening? I mean, it's important to know that and to identify that. And then to ask yourself, what would I hope is the outcome here? And, and if your thought is to win, okay, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not the point. So, check yourself. It's important to do that and to think this is another person whom, whom uh, it, may, it may or may not be easy for you to love that person, but God loves that person. A great example of all this is um, uh, Paul in the Bible. You know, uh, he was a Jew, but not, I mean, he was not just your ordinary Jew, he was highly educated and highly motivated. To stay with his faith and to fight against the news about Jesus Christ. He was adamantly opposed to the church and the people who followed the teaching and example of Jesus. So much so, he would travel around to places to disparage Christians and the church. And then, in, in Acts, I think it's chapter 9. It's a story where there is this mob that has been that is angry at one of the Christians in the community named Stephen. And so he is present and he says, I'll hold your coats so that we can mob execute him. And after that, he was on the road to Damascus, where I'm going to go and continue fighting against those Christians. And it was on that road that Jesus came to him in a miraculous revelation. And Paul was like, Oh my goodness. Now I get it. And so then he did a complete reversal, and he made it his life mission then to go about helping others to understand about the good news of Jesus Christ. So there's someone who was on the other side from Christianity, now is there, and wants to do everything possible to speak with people in a way that will help them, to help them understand. As a matter of fact, one of the, one of the verses that, that, that he writes in his letter to the Colossians is helpful here in, in a general way, uh, I think, for our relationship with others in general. It's in Colossians chapter 2, in, in the verse five, he says, act wisely toward outsiders, so people outside the Christian faith. He's not being derogatory, he's just saying those folks who don't share our faith. Act wisely, making the most of the opportunity. Your speech should always be gracious and sprinkled with insight so that you may know how to respond to every person. Words to live by. Your speech should be gracious and sprinkled with insight. Make the most of the opportunity. Our world could use a little bit more of that. Okay, so let's start with what Paul does there in Athens. He's in Athens uh, he, uh, in, on one of his missionary journeys. Here he is in Athens, which as you know, um, Athens is uh, no ordinary place. That's the, that's the epicenter of the philosophical world of, of that time. And, so, and they took their, their philosophy very seriously. As a matter of fact, in, in Greek thought in those days, the way you, th- you even thought about having a good life was through your reason. It was by following a philosophy of life that would be the good life. And then there were debates about what made up that good life. They took it very seriously. And if someone came in and started spouting ideas that they thought were crazy, they would have them taken out of town. So this was kind of serious. That's where he is when this happens, right? So just a, just a couple of things to, uh, to remember that we see in his speech here. First, know your conversation partner. Who is it you're talking to? I mean, just—I don't mean you have to know their whole background, but I mean, just have in mind. Here's a person that I see only once in a while. It's someone I know really well. It's—I mean, who? Think about who that person is. It's important to have them in mind because you need to speak in a way that they're going to get it. Which is what Paul does when he was at Mars Hill. He knew very well. I'm at Mars Hill, the Areopagus. I'm at the place where where the elite philosophers gather to debate. He knew who he was speaking to and he had to be very careful about this. So, so you have to know uh, your conversation partner. And, and part of that is then to seek to understand. Seek to understand. What is it that's going on? Because most people's background in religion, whether it's Christian or otherwise, has a lot to do with their context. one of the reasons that you and I are Christians is because uh, most of us uh, probably were born in the United States where the predominant religion is Christianity our context makes a big difference and so to understand what their context is what's going on with them how do you how do we know this Paul did this. I mean, when he got in Athens, even after they said, you're going to show up to the council and defend yourself, he walked through the city, he said. He walked through the city to observe. He's taking it all in. I'm looking for something to to understand them better. When I was a uh, United Methodist speak, I was a district superintendent, um, which means uh, I kind of had a supervisory role of a region of churches and pastors. And when I would go to places for meetings, um, they wouldn't know me. You know, I mean, I'd walk in or like, I mean, i more than once, or they would know the position I held. And every now and then, I'm not kidding. Somebody would say, why are you here? Well, I'm just, I'm just here to meet people. That's all I'm doing. That is all I'm doing. Um, Because I was the guy from the city, from the conference office, and all that kind of thing. So what I learned to do is when I'd go to these towns, usually smaller towns, and I'd stop at the edge of town, because every town has historical markers, right? I'm that guy that reads the historical markers. I do. So I would stop to read a historical marker to know something about the town, And when I had the opportunity, I would usually say something like, you know, I was reading about your town, and and I found out that. This used to be a mining community. And and then eventually it changed to transportation when the railroad came through. Why, yes, my granddaddy moved here to work in the mine. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's a different thing, right? To figure out what, just some kind of common human experience. To know, seek to understand. Paul did that. And he said... And he gets to this, a place where he's connecting with them. And he says, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Well, Now, now he has some deep understanding in them. He's, he's seen the city, he's seen that they are a very religious people, and he's seen this altar to an unknown God. Well, he knows in Greek philosophy, they speak of a God who created, small g, God, they saw it as some kind of uh, universal force that got creation started. And so he's like, okay, that's, there we go. That's, that's the point to kind of begin with and to talk about, this creating God that the Greeks believed in. And he's like, yeah, me too. Here's my understanding of it, that he created all of us. And so he helps them to understand this, uh, this connection. So then, after you kind of have that connection, it's important to expand on what you believe, what you experience in common with the person. I mean, kind of, you're, you're trying to say, well, you know, look, we've both been there, or we've both had that experience, or we've both, we both share that. You're looking for a way to connect. Paul connects with them. We both believe in a creating God. And Paul's going to make the point, I think that God is not so far away as you think that God is. So expand on what you believe and how you experience this in common with the other person. Paul goes back to the, to the God of creation. And that God, in creating all peoples, also created the people to have a desire to seek out God. And So he's, he's making this, this point with them. And that it was at the right time, I and mean, when it was a little bit after the, the, the passage that was read, he, he does eventually get to talking about Jesus. And how Jesus was the Son of God and died on the cross and rose from the grave. And that is the completion of the creation work God was intending. So that we, humans, would seek Him. Now, at this point, the Greeks got a little like, wait a second. You know, death and resurrection. So we eventually got there. I think part of the lesson we we learned from that... I mean, some Christian, I know that when they talk about it, they're going to talk about religion to somebody else, especially if it's someone who is not a Christian. I mean, I mean, they just go straight to uh, uh, the old conversations we used to have. Uh, some of you will remember this um, when you say, well, first thing you've got to admit is you're a sinner. And the second thing you need to admit is, I need forgiveness. And so you need to ask God for forgiveness and commit your life to Christ. And, and they start with that. Now, that's where you wanna get eventually. But if you start there, you're missing the context. So you wanna you work your way there. You wanna get there, but not right up front. Because generally, generally, that will not go well. Because you wanna make the most of every opportunity. So I don't wanna turn them away right away. Let's get to where we can get to that point in the conversation. You know, and, and in all this, Jesus is an example for us. Um, I mean, when you read through the Gospels, there are a lot of conversations that Jesus has. I saw a thing the other day that said that Jesus uh, asked, uh, uh, I have to look this up, it's like 350 questions. He asked questions of people around him. He was directly asked like 185 questions. He directly answered three of them. It was always a conversation. You wanted to have a conversation. Let me tell you a story, or a, right? Now, I know what people often say, yeah, but Jesus confronted people. He turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple, he was so mad and confronted them. And that's true, he did. Once. I mean, it's not like Jesus started going into places and tossing furniture. I mean, he did it once for a specific reason. At that time, it was important that something happened. And he did confront people, that's right. He did speak sternly toward the religious people. He spoke sternly to the religious people, but not just, not just in general religious people. He spoke sternly to the religious people who believed that their religiosity made them superior to other people. That's who, that's who he confronted. To believe that your religiosity, your religion, your practice of your religion makes you better than someone else. That's what he confronted. We're all human. We're all human at heart. We're all human in our life. We're all human in our belief. There is a point to end the conversation, by the way, too. Sometimes when you're having a conversation with somebody and it, is, it just isn't going well or you realize you're just going round and round the track and it's just never going to end, sometimes you need to find a graceful way to get out of it. Even Jesus told his disciples once, if you go to a place and you offer good news and you offer, and they just, they just say no, then walk away. Go to the next place. But, but the thing is, is that when you do that, you're planting seeds. See, that's the thing. You are planting seeds, not harvesting. <laughs> There's a big difference. We're planting seeds. Even Paul, when he was talking about his ministry among the Corinthians, and he was talking about the, also the work of a, another worker named Apollos. and hit, The way he put it was, he said, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God provides the growth. So he knew that... They, all we can do is plant the seeds, take care of it, nurture them. God's going to take care of that. God's going to take care of the harvest in whatever form that happens. And the many parables that Jesus told about harvest, it's always God is the God of the harvest. Not us. So you're planting seeds. Even if you have a conversation and you think it doesn't go well, you've planted seeds. <laughs> you've planted seeds. You never know. You have the conversation in ways that you make the most of the opportunity. Speaking graciously, speak with uh, with insight included. That's what Paul did at Mars Hill at the Areopagus. That's what he did. And, and what happened is, is that some of them immediately rejected him. They sneered at him, the Bible says, and they just, pff, nope. Some, it says, said, well, you've given us a lot to think about, so we want to hear it from you again sometime. Some of them said, we get it. Oh, oh, no one's ever explained that that way. I get it, and I believe. That's the way it goes. You plant seeds. God provides the growth so that we can model that grace and love to all people, even those who don't believe like us, even those people who have, have some beliefs like us, but they act it out in very different ways so that we can reflect this love that God has of, in fact, the whole world. Pray with me. God, we thank you for uh, that great love that you have, that great love for all people. We remember the Bible says, for God so loved the world. The world with all of its different people and all of its different cultures and all of its different religions. that You loved the world. We know that that love does not end. So God, help us to more and more live into that love for others. Those who express their faith differently than, than us. Those who believe differently than us. So that we see that person that you love. That we can build bridges with them. And across that bridge, we can help them to understand more about your love as revealed in Jesus Christ. We thank you, that God, that you've given us the opportunity to plant the seeds. So may we plant those seeds, not only in the ways that we speak, but in the ways that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.